This is Golf with Jay Delsing. A two-time college All-American at UCLA. A participant in nearly 700 PGA Tour events. Seven professional wins to his credit. Over 30 years of professional golf experience. A member of the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Hey, good morning. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. With me this morning is my buddy, longtime caddy friend, John Perlis. Perlis, former All-American at UCLA, but the real, real cherry on top of all your accomplishments, besides the book, besides the company, besides everything else, is getting the caddy for me, I know. Exactly right. I mean, when I send out any credentials or any uh, bio on myself, that's the first thing. It's me and a caddy bib at the top of my... Uh my documentation. It's uh, it's a beautiful thing. It, it, it carries a lot of weight, as did the golf bag for all those years. And Pearl, which is, and you look good carrying that heavy load around too. And one thing that we need to go into, not this show, but eventually is some caddy tales from Caddy Alley. You used to come back with your eyes crossed every once in a while from Caddy Alley. So we're going to tease that out there for some of our, our listeners to enjoy. The show is formatted like a round of golf. And the first segment is called the On the Range segment. It is brought to you by my friends at TaylorMade Golf and Jeff Thornhill. Thorny, thank you so much for supporting us. Man, you got to check out the Stealth Driver, the Stealth Fairway Woods. I'm thinking about some Stealth Fairway Woods. And don't forget. Because of TaylorMade, we give away a dozen TP5 golf balls each week. Just send me an email, j at jdelsongolf.com, with the word balls in, somewhere in the body of the email, and we'll get you entered. And uh, we're going to announce a new winner this week. Pearly, we're skipping social media because your report last week was so awesome. People are still trying to chew through it and trying to understand it. That's appropriate. It, it certainly is appropriate. And decipher it is what I should have said. But anyway... We want to thank Bob and Kathy Donahue at Donahue Painting and Refinishing, 314-805-2132. They are in the business of beautifying your home, both inside and out. Great people. They do great work. All right, John, we've got an interview with Scott McCarron, fellow UCLA Bruin, 11-time winner on the Champions Tour, three-time winner on the PGA Tour. That was really kind of fun to get and talk to uh Sheboygan, as we call one another, for a little bit. I think it's awesome. I think it's uh, that people are going to really enjoy the uh, the interview, and I think it's a lot of fun. I don't. I just after the interview remembered that he was your big brother. Hey, I don't know if you can hear jets going over my head, but I'm down in Florida, and the F-15s and all the fighter jets are flying all over the place. Uh, quite exciting to watch these guys and to uh, to see them. So, Pearl, I talked with Alan Shipnuck this week. Alan is the author of the unauthorized biography called Phil, the rip-roaring life of, a, of one of the PGA Tour superstars. He's coming on the show a week before his book drops in May, so that's really exciting. But give me a little bit of your talk. We talked a lot about Phil last week, but how about Phil and no masters? It's interesting how things change and the twists and the turns and, and that kind of thing. Obviously, we talked about Tiger has gone, gone through this. People go through like with injuries and they miss they miss different events. Sometimes it's self-inflicted wounds, and that's what this is with Phil. What's kind of surprising to me is, and maybe it's about time. Maybe it'll help Phil take a step towards growth. But there's not anybody in Phil's courts at this point that I can detect. People are either really hot at him, very dismissive of, of him. Maybe there's some neutral, but Phil's going to have to climb out of this hole by himself is what it appears like to me. Yeah, it's interesting. Roy McElroy has said a few things of encouragement, but for the most part, it's like, let's not touch this thing right now. And um, when you start to look back at some of the stuff that he's done, like he announces on social media that he's won the PIP program, which he actually didn't win, the Tiger Woods won. When you look back at some of the things that he's done, He's just flown uh, loose and fast with words and things like that. And it's, it's not a surprise that this stuff is catching up to him to me. Well, I think some of that loose and fast stuff is, uh, is coming out with other people bringing it up. And I appreciate McElroy said a couple of nice things, but that's after he absolutely lambasted him before that. I think McElroy just may have thought he overdid it a little bit. So I, I appreciate that there, there, there was that, but it was preceded by 
a thorough shellacking. Uh, yeah, I just, I, you know, listen, we want to see great players play great golf and just play golf. And I just wish in sports in general, the guys would stick with what they're good at. Go play golf, Phil. We don't really need your opinions. We don't need you forming other leagues and all of that other kind of stuff. Let's just have athletes do great things that they are skilled at. And let's go watch that. And uh, don't really care too much about what they say beyond that is always been my motto. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the way to go and the way to travel. I also have Next week for our master show, I have a Ben Crenshaw interview that wasn't, and we'll tell people about that either, but we'll leave that as a little tease in the radio world. We got to mention Scotty Scheffler. I mean, it's amazing. Tiger takes his jet to Augusta and flies down for a practice round, and he trends on the social media world, and Scotty Scheffler is now world number one. Just an unbelievable spring of golf for Scotty, winning three events and topping it off with uh, becoming world number one at, after winning last week's Dell Championship match play down in Austin Country Club. And it's hard to get anyone uh, to talk much about him. But what's interesting, Pearl, he's using a new set of irons that he started playing this year that Tiger Woods himself helped develop when Tiger was with TaylorMade. It's interesting that uh, they're new in the bag this year, and Scotty's having a hell of a lot of uh, confidence and a lot of good play with them. Well, it was fantastic play. I was wondering, you're not going to miss the uh, reviewing the picks that we made, are you, for that last tournament? Oh, man. I don't. Let's talk about that, because, and then we'll also give our Augusta picks. You picked Scotty Scheffler to win, and I picked... Kevin Kisner. First of all, congratulations to you. That's your first... That's your first oh, win ever. You. That's what I was looking for. I was I was ch- I was chumming for that a little bit, but that's what I was looking for. I'm thinking, wait a second, are we just going to slide by the the first week of the uh, Jay and John Pickham, and uh, not mention uh, what I'm the winner? This might be my only winning week of the year. We got to make sure we we elaborate on this a little bit. How long we've we been doing this show, anyway? <laughs> no, congratulations. And you know, Scotty Shefford played great. I was all in on Kevin Kisner. He is a match play bulldog. Just kind of looked like he ran out of juice. But man, Scotty really played some great golf. Well, I'll tell you, Jay, he, I, that's what I thought. Kisner ran out of juice. I wouldn't want to play Kisner. He, he thrives on that. It was a lot of fun. That's what confidence will do you, too, for Scotty Scheffler. His confidence is through the roof. He was having more fun out there, laughing, joking around, big smiles, etc. I had You see more and more of that now that his confidence is beaming. He, he kind of senses he can do no wrong. Plus, he's at a golf course that he knew, that he was comfortable with, that he knows that, that next bounce. On the par four coming down the stretch, when he went for it on the par four and he missed go- making it by like a half a yard, just the fact that he even went for that says this guy believes in this golf course and himself to the nth degree because he had to hit a, a high feather fade that's going to somehow stick on the green. I'm not sure how any of that was going to work out. But uh, then he came right back after that and he's dominant. His confidence is through the roof. Fun to see. It's a, another 20-something that's taking over the tour. That Austin Country Club, I did uh, TV for PGA Tour Live there a few years ago. That is the trickiest little place. Pete Dye just hid these holes in these little canyons. The wind blows all over the place. The greens, you can land balls on the green. You think it's going to be safely on the green. By the time you get up there, it's not even off. Not only did it miss the green, but it's in the hazard. Not my favorite venue that I've ever seen, but very fun match play golf course. Well, that's what I think we mentioned last week in, in the show. I totally agree with that. I think it's a match play golf course, not a metal play. I don't know that the guys on tour would appreciate much of it being a metal metal play. You would know much more about that than I, but what do you think they would, because they're fairly complimentary to play the event, and there's a lot of great players who play the event. Do you think they would, that they would enjoy it as a metal play, Jay, or only match play? Listen, they're going to go play wherever they play, right? And if they, you know, if it doesn't suit their eye, they can skip the week, but I agree. It's a much better match play venue than it is uh, stroke play. All right, Pearl, let's get Let's get you on a roll here a little bit. Uh, we didn't make any uh, prediction for the Texas Open, but what about your Augusta picks? Who do you got? Who do you like? Oh, man. Oh, man. I don't know how you can't pick Scotty Scheffler at this point. I'm uh, I'm sticking with him. I'm just sticking with him. I'm, I'm sticking with one with one pick. I have a feeling that Brooks Kepka is going to play well there this week. I, I, I was on Jordan Spieth for most of the week, and then I just talked myself out of it and went with Brooks. And I'm, he played a lot of good golf down in Texas, and so we're looking forward to seeing what he can do at Augusta. And you know, John, Texas Open is being played right now. We're ending up on Sunday, and, and uh, I'll never forget the first – practice round I ever played there. I was playing with Steve Lowry. He was a good friend and you've been with out with us many a time. And we played probably four holes and it was about 45 degrees. The wind was blowing and it started to rain. And I looked at him and said, 
Steve, I think this is the hardest course I've ever played. And he said, I want to withdraw. I mean, it was unbelievable. The fairways were narrow. <laughs> John, they hadn't cleaned away any of the scrub that was off the fairway. So if you miss the fairway, you were in thorny, cactusy kind of mesquite trees and rock. And then the greens were brutal. And they have since softened probably half of those greens. But that golf course can play really difficult depending on the weather. No doubt about it. Some guys play it and want to play it before the Masters, and, and others don't want to get anywhere near it. And I guess that's just on, on what your preparation is for it for ahead of time. Exciting time of year, final tune-up, a lot of conversation, and I'm hoping later in the show I've got another Masters trivia question for you. Hopefully that I'll, I'll throw your way to dump the pro again. Yeah, I look forward to it. You know, that's going to wrap up the front <laughs> nine. But before we go, I got to give my tip of the cap, which is brought to you by my friend Colin Burnt and the Dean Team Volkswagen of Kirkwood. 314-966-0303. Any sort of vehicle, not just Volkswagen. Call Colin or you can email me, Jay at jdelsongolf.com and I'll hook you up personally with Colin. But I want to thank, and I mentioned him earlier, Jeff Thornhill from TaylorMade Golf and our buddy Pearly, CJ over at Pro-Am Golf who were kind enough to help me with an awesome club fitting and Jeff hooking me up with some new equipment. I can't be more grateful. I'm more excited to play this spring than I have in quite a long time. We just need to get some uh, some better weather. So, boys, thank you so much. And, Colin, I love my new car. I love the service at Dean Team of Kirkwood. Thank you so much. Brandy, shout out to you for keeping it all together over there. 314-966-0303. That's going to wrap up the On the Range segment, but don't go anywhere. We've got Scotty McCarran coming. Golf with Jay Delson. On the Range with Jay Delsing is brought to you by TaylorMade. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. The front nine is coming up. Folks, do you need a new car, truck, or SUV? Then the Dean team of Kirkwood is the place for you to go. 314 314- 966-0303 and go see Colin Burnt. He just got me into a new SUV and I love it. Boy, did they make the experience painless and super, super easy. Most dealers don't have any cars in their lots, but at Dean Team of Kirkwood, Colin has an entire parking lot full of new and used cars. You don't want a VW? That's no problem. They have Audis, BMWs, Mercedes, anything you want. Colin and the Dean team of Kirkwood will go get it if they don't have it. Call them at 314-966-0303 or go to deanteamvwkirkwood.com. The Dean team for all your car buying needs. Hey, do you like wine? Have you heard about the hottest new wine bar in St. Louis? It's called Wild Crush Wine Bar, and it's located in town and country on Clayton Road, just behind the Straubs. Have you ever experienced self-dispensing wine machines? Well, they are here. The only place in St. Louis and most of Missouri that you'll find them, and it's at Wild Crush. You can choose your size of pour, and Wild Crush will pour the freshest wine in the area for you. The organic argon gas system used at Wild Crush keeps this wine pristinely fresh for up to 60 days. So if you're tired of drinking wine that's been open for a few days, come into Wild Crush for the best and freshest wine selection in the area. Go to wildcrushstl.com and come have one with us. You're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing. For golf tips, news on the latest equipment, and everything golf, log on to golfwithjaydelsing.com. The front nine is coming up. Get this date on your calendar. June 13th at Norwood Hills Country Club. Why? Because it's the annual SSM Health Foundation Open. SSM Health has been supporting the St. Louis community for nearly 150 years. There are so many ways for you to get involved. You golfers can tee it up at Norwood Hills Country Club. This is the same course the PGA Tour champions played last year and will play again this September. And you can support the great cause this way. You can also join the SSM Ambassador Program, or you can sponsor your own event, or set up a corporate partnership for you and your team. Go to give2ssmhealth.org and help support this fantastic local foundation. That's give2ssmhealth.org. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. The Front Nine is presented by the Ascension Charity Classic, September 5th 
through the 11th at Norwood Hills Country Club. For tickets, ascensioncharityclassic.com. Good morning, this is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. And I am running into my interview with 11-time Champions Tour winner, three-time PGA Tour winner, Scott McCarran. He's also a fellow UCLA Bruin. Let's go listen to this interview with Scott. I'm sitting down today with my fellow UCLA Bruin, Scotty McCarran. Scott, good morning, man. Good morning, Jay. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing just great. Thanks so much for sitting down with me today. First of all, let's just jump right in and give folks, I know people are wondering, how's that ankle? Boy, I've been following you on social. I've been looking at some of the pictures you sent out. That's a major surgery for a golfer, buddy. Yeah, it was a tough surgery, uh, especially being on the left ankle, because that's, for a right-handed golfer, that's where you're pushing off and creating a lot of power and a lot of speed. For about a, almost a year, I played with it, and I had two torn tendons in that outside of that left ankle. And I just wasn't able to play. You know, you're hitting off your, your right foot, can't get to your left side, coming over the top of it, all those things. So I finally went and had the surgery. Unfortunately, they had to also break my foot to lower the arch. I got very high arches. So they tried to take a little pressure off the tendons, and then they fixed the tendons, and, you know, I'm healing up. It's been uh, August 6th was the surgery. Um, I was about seven weeks non-weight-bearing, and then uh, then in the boot and uh, crutches and then walking a little bit. So I was really happy over the last couple of weeks. I was able to walk in two of the tournaments, um, all 18 holes. So that was, a, that was my first goal was just to get out back on the Champions Tour and be able to walk 18 holes. My ankle's starting to feel a lot better. Every week it gets stronger. I'm getting to the point where I'm I'm starting to say that it's basically healed. You know, at some point you got to say that because you can't keep this as an excuse the rest of your life. You know, everybody has surgeries and everybody goes through tough times. And certainly been fighting and real hard to get back to be able to play golf and be able to compete at the highest level. I love the picture that your wife Jennifer sent when you were uh, you had figured out some sort of apparatus. I tried to figure out what it looked like, bud, but you had your your left leg bent, healing ankle behind you, and some sort of device connected to the rest of your body so you could get out there and swing. And she said you were you were chasing the one-legged course record. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, that actually device was a savior for me. It's, it's called the iWalk 3.0. Basically, you know, if you've had some type of ankle surgery or foot surgery, you can put your knee in a position. It's just like having a prosthetic. So I was able to walk up and down stairs. I could put it on and go to the grocery store for going out to dinner. I could put it on. So at least you could kind of at least stand up and, and talk to people eye to eye as opposed to riding around a little knee scooter all the time. So that iWalk 3.0 was great. And I, I actually, I could hit balls in it. I did play some holes in it. My doctor saw me doing that and he gave me a call and said, okay, don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> <That's enough. laughs> Which is probably a good idea. I still was hitting it hard. I mean, I, I with that prosthetic on, I could hit, still have 160 mile an hour ball speed. I shot like even par for like nine holes one day with it on. It was kind of fun. Oh. But uh, probably wasn't great, great for uh, your swing down the road. You're at the point where you just needed to feel like you could you could go out and try to compete against even yourself in in a, in a one-legged sort of situation. I totally get that, <laughs> Scott. Let's do, let's go back to the UCLA days. You played at UCLA, graduated in 1988, and then you didn't come out on tour right away, did you? You took a little different path. You know, I did take a little different path than most guys, and I played at UCLA, but I didn't play that well. You know, I was always trying to fight to make the last guy on the team. It just wasn't in the cards for me, and I, and I knew I wasn't going to be a professional golfer at that point. So I kind of quit golf and didn't really play much at all and did all the other things that I wanted to do. All those years, I, I started a flag football team in Sacramento. I played uh, city league basketball, started two softball teams, skied about 35 days a year, played open racquetball tournaments, played on a 4-0, um, on a 5-0 tennis team up there. So I was doing all these other things that I didn't get a chance to do because of golf all those years. And my dad and I started a golf apparel company, and I was manufacturing headwear start to finish and doing all these tournaments all around Northern California, charity events. And that's the only time I would play golf. Would I'd go in and help run the charity event. I'd sell them 144 shirts, and I'd put a team together to play in a scramble event. So my only golf really was full-on scramble events. And it wasn't until uh, about three years after college, a Champions Tour event came to my home course at Rancho Marietta called the Rayleigh Senior Gold Rush. And I walked out and watched all these old guys uh, play, you know, that I that were my heroes growing up. And there were about four or five of them on the putting green, putting with a long putter. 
and I'd never seen a long putter or heard what a long putter was. That night I went home and made my own long putter with a broken up three wood shaft over my knee and took a ping answer two putter, cut off the top of the grip and shoved the shaft in there. Went out the next morning just to kind of practice with it for fun and it felt pretty good. So I signed up to play a couple of amateur tournaments just out of whim and and won them, won them both, and played well, and thought, hey, you know, this is kind of fun. I'm going to start playing some golf again. And that's really kind of how I got back into golf. And it was almost three and a half to four years after college that I went and played the uh, United States mid-amateur back in Hilton Head and lost in the quarterfinals on about the 23rd hole or something like that to the guy that won it. And that was at that point where I thought, you know, I, I think I want to give this a, sh- a shot again and, and try to play professional golf. So I did turn pro and, and started playing uh, the Hooters Tour in Canada and California Tour and Golden State Mini Tours. And two years later, a year and a half later, I got, got on the PGA Tour, which was a, really a different road to the PGA Tour than most guys. It, it, it speaks to what kind of athlete you are, bud. I mean, you're competitive, so you're in. You're playing tennis, you're playing softball, flag football, anything yeah. to kind of fill that Jones. Absolutely. And, you know, like, like you, you know, your dad was a, was a great athlete. My dad also was a really good athlete and played a little bit professional baseball, but he played tennis and racquetball and all kinds of stuff and was always one of the best athletes I've ever seen. So uh, luckily we, we both had some good genes. Mac, you had a really nice PGA Tour career. Three wins, about $10 million out there. I think it was 1995, 1996, where you and Jay Williamson, Mark Weeby and I were playing in the uh, Milwaukee Open and we decided that neither of us were in the Pro-Am on Wednesday. So we went up and played Black Wolf Run, which was the first golf course that Herb Kohler had designed up in Kohler, Wisconsin, which is actually Sheboygan County, I think, isn't it? <laughs> yes, 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 Sheboygan. That's where the famous Sheboygan came from. We had a great time off tour when we were playing, like on Wednesdays when the Pro-Am was going on, if you wanted a Pro-Am. And I remember that, well, one, you, I don't know if you remember, but you were my big brother on tour. We always had that big brother program. So you were my big brother, and you, you hooked us up with Weeby and, and Jay Williamson, a St. Louis guy, to go up and play that Black Wolf Run. And to this day... Because you're in Sheboygan County, the Sheboygan River was going through Black Wolf Run. At the turn, you could get a Sheboygan brat, you could get a Sheboygan cocktail. Everything was all about Sheboygan, and we just thought it was funny. Even to this day, you and I, when we see each other, we call each other Sheboygan. You know, it's twenty something <laughs> years ago. <laughs> I think it's pretty funny. But we had great times, you know, off off site those Wednesdays and getting some games going and. And it, and it kind of those type of games really prepared you to play the PGA Tour because one you didn't want to lose your own money. I mean that was big. I don't care if it's ten, twenty, or a hundred bucks. You're grinding for everything you can get, just like you got to grind out on when you get in the tournament. So uh, those days uh, really taught me a lot. Scott, tell us a little bit about the situation that happened to you out in Las Vegas. There was something significant that happened to you that helped you keep your PGA Tour card your first year. Yes, yeah, certainly. I came to Las Vegas. I think I only made about 48000 my first year on tour. And I started playing some pretty good golf on Thursday, Friday, Saturday of, of Vegas. And I, I kind of got in the mix. And it was the second to last term of the year. And I had to finish third by myself to make enough money to keep my tour card. I went out on the weekend, shot like 64, 65, played really well. As I walked into the locker room, uh, Davis Love and Kelly Gibson, a couple of guys were sitting on the TV and they looked up the TV and they said, hey, if Mark O'Meara misses this putt, you're going to keep your tour card. I looked up and before I could even think of miss it, O'Meara missed this putt from about two feet. Everybody was kind of cheering in the locker room for me and that got me to finish third by myself. And Mark would have made it. We would have tied for third, and I still would have been short for my tour card. Those type of things happen for guys to kind of keep their tour cards to go on sometimes. And I never forget Mark. I didn't know Mark at all. And he came in the locker room, and he saw me because he heard what happened. He said, hey, kid, I'm glad that putt I missed in the last hole helped you keep your tour card. Don't forget me at Christmas. So I ended up sending him a bottle of uh, a case of Dom Perignon for that at, at that Christmas. And uh, we had to become fast friends and you know traveled all over the world and fly fished and played golf and he's just been uh, been one of my best friends and closest friends in the PGA Tour ever since that moment but you know he always tells everyone if it wasn't for uh, him I, I would be still selling shirts <laughs> which is probably right <laughs> he's one <laughs> you know, of the best he guys pot, he makes that pot and I don't get my tour card and I got to go to Q school and you know who knows what happens at Q school I might never get back to the PGA Tour. Those little things that keep guys going 
or keep guys back on tour or keep guys off tour. And it's just amazing. You, know, you could do, you could write books on books and movies about these near misses or near makes from so many great players uh, that have played the PGA Tour. You know, Scott, that's that's really interesting because it makes me think about how you can have certain situations similar to that happened even during a round of golf. And when you're playing well and you're you're on a roll, you'll inevitably stand over a six or eight or ten foot putt for par or something like that and and hold it and it winds up just boistering that entire round and when you're not going well those things seem to lip out all the time don't they yeah you know it's interesting you've got to keep a level head uh, i believe when you're out there and, I, and it's hard to do i mean no question i mean you hit a good putt that lips out and then you bogey the next hole and you miss a cut or something so maybe you make that putt and all of a sudden you birdie the next hole you've got to somehow keep a level head even when putts don't go in and you got to think you know what that lipped out but i'm going to make the next one you got to keep that positive attitude as much as you can to compete out there and and certainly the best players in the world are doing that. And the guys that are struggling are the guys that start questioning themselves, that get down on themselves early, you know, don't have that fight all the time. There's definitely key shots and rounds that can make or break you. And it, and it could be in the first round of a tournament. And it could be in the last couple holes of the tournament. You've got to over, be able to overcome those. That's going to wrap up the front nine. But don't go anywhere. On the back nine, we'll have more of the interview with Scott McCarron. This is Golf with Jay Delson. Hey, St. Louis, the Ascension Charity Classic, presented by Emerson, is back this September. Don't miss the excitement when the PGA Tour Champions Best compete again, all for charity, September 9th through the 11th at Norwood Hills Country Club. Pro-Am spots, hospitality packages, VIP tickets, and more. Available now at ascensioncharityclassic.com. Powers Insurance is a family-owned agency right here in St. Louis that specializes in providing personalized coverage for the client who has a lot going on. At Powers, they understand that you and your life do not fit in a simple box. So guess what? Neither should your insurance coverage. Go to powersinsurance.com or call 314-725-1414 and ask for Tim Davis. That's powersinsurance.com. How would you like access to 90 holes of golf? Well, that's what happens when you join at Whitmore Country Club. You get access to the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardeen, and the Golf Club of Wentzville. And guess what? No cart fees included in that deal. There's no food and beverage minimums. There's no assessments. They have a 24-hour fitness center, two large pool complexes, three tennis courts. Year-round social calendar includes holiday parties, picnics, date nights, live music. They even have a kids club for your children and much, much more. There's junior golf, junior tennis, and swim teams available. This is a family-friendly atmosphere, and they have a wonderful staff. If you get out there, you got to poke your head in the golf shop and say hello to my friend Bummer. He is a terrific guy, and he will help you with your game and show you around. And don't forget, there are golf leagues, skins games, members tournaments, and couples events available all year round. Visit WhitmoreGolf.com. That's WhitmoreGolf.com. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. To learn more about the game of golf, latest equipment, and golfing tips, log on to jdelsinggolf.com. The Back Nine is presented by Pro-Am Golf. Hey, welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing, and we are going into the Back Nine. Back Nine is brought to you by my friends at Pro-Am Golf. Let's jump right back into my visit with Scott McCarran. So let's fast forward to the Champions Tour. This is really going to be fun. So 11 Champions Tour victories. You've won a Champions Tour major, the Constellation Players Championship. How about this? 2019, Scott McCarran is the Arnold Palmer winner. Scott McCarran won the Charles Schwab Cup, and Scott McCarron won the Jack Nicholas Trophy. All of that, which is for the Player of the Year, all that in 2019. You've worked so hard. That's really got to be feeling good. That did. That, that was a, a great year, and it was really a combination about four years. Because when I got on the Champions Tour, I played like six events, I think, my first year after I turned 50 in July. And I played all right. I thought, you know, I, I, I think I can do this. I think I can compete again. Then they banned anchoring as a long putter. So then I had to kind of figure out a different way to putt. Tried short putter. I tried left-handed. I tried belly putters, not anchoring with the long putter. And so I was really trying to figure it out. And it took me a while. It took me probably about three or four months to finally hone in on 
putting not anchored. And then I thought, okay, if I can do this, I think I can actually win out here. And I started putting myself in position early on that next year and had a couple of chances and one wasn't getting it done. So I was a little disappointed and I, I need to get some advice. I need to get a little help. Who can I uh, call on? So I thought, well, heck, Hale Irwin's won 45 times out here. <laughs> he, he knows how to win. So I, I took him to dinner and uh, started picking his brain. He, he told me something that was really interesting. He said, find out what type of player you are and be that player. As the more we were talking about it, on the PGA Tour, I always felt like I had to hit the heroic shot or I had to go for everything to win on the PGA Tour because one, the competition's so tough. And you, you know, you and I were playing in the Tiger Woods area where he was winning every other event. It seemed like I always felt like I had to play my best or hit these great shots coming down the stretch or all the time to put myself in position. Where in reality, if I just you know, hit it at the fairway, hit it on the green, give myself an opportunity, you know, you're going to do okay. And on the Champions Tour, I started getting more comfortable when I was in the hunt after talking with Hale. Play your normal game. You know, you don't have to elevate your game to win. You just have to do what you'd normally do to give yourself a chance. And I started doing that and stopped trying to fly to every single flag stick. And, and I started putting myself in, in position. And lo and behold, I started winning some events. It really changed my mindset. And I wish I would have had that mindset more on the PGA Tour back in the day. And I, I won three times and possibly could have won more. But it certainly helped me uh, on the Champions Tour. And so my goal was to win a Schwab Cup. And I finished second year tour. I finished fourth in the Schwab Cup. Then I finished third the following year. Then second, which I had a really good chance to win in that year. And then first, so, you know, th those four years were some pretty good years, won 11 times and just felt really good. felt like every week I was had a chance to win. Almost felt like, I guess, what Langer feels like all the time. <laughs> He's certainly one of my heroes, just a phenomenal player. So, but, but that accumulation 2019 to win the Schwab Cup, win those awards, and then win the Golf Writers Player of the Year Award was really a special, special moment. I just sit here and listen to you tell the story, and I can understand the natural progression, you know, that you that you went through. And it's a, it's a learning curve, right? And most people go, oh, my gosh, yeah. you're 50-something years old. You're still learning. You absolutely are. Oh, I'm learning every day. I mean, I... I learned something uh, just yesterday going out and playing in my swing. I'm like, oh, you know what? I haven't thought about that in a while. You know, it's just this game is it's amazing. And I, I was very fortunate to hang around some guys early on in my career, Arnold Palmer and Peter Jacobson. I mean, Arnold was tinkering all the time. Go back in his shop. He's like, oh, yeah, I got this driver that gives me five more yards. And, I mean, he was tinkering till the last day of in the, his last breath. And that's what golf does to you. I mean, we're always trying to find that little extra. We're always trying to figure out how we can play better, how we can do this better. And I think that's why this sport is so amazing. And one, you can do it from the time you're three years old until the time you're 100 years old. You know, Not any other sports can you really do that in. Take us back to the time when the golf bug kind of bit you and, and, and didn't kind of, and it's probably never really let go. <laughs> the golf so funny. My, um, my parents just moved out of their house, moved them into a little smaller condo in Rancho Marietta so they can get around easier. And my sister was going through some of their old memory boxes and stuff. And she sent me this. My mom used to handwrite progress that I was doing as a kid. And six months old, it was like Scott always a all he does is play with his golf club all the time, <laughs> crawls around <laughs> and drags it behind him all the time. You know, Scott at one is now walking and, and swinging a golf club and, and hitting golf balls in the backyard. At two o'clock, my dad was taking me to the golf course and everybody was amazed at, at this two-year-old hitting golf balls. I mean, it's just, I think the bug just came early. We didn't grow up with, you know, a lot of money or anything like that. And and the golf club was kind of my only toy. My dad cut a little club down for me that I think he found a lost and found. And, and that was it. I just, that was my toy. And I just walked around or crawled around and hit the golf ball and, and chased after it. I think, and I'm still doing the same thing today, hitting golf balls and chasing after them, I guess. So I think I caught that golf club pretty early. You know, even though I played all sports growing up, I mean, I played baseball, basketball, football, all the way till sophomore high school. And I always enjoyed the team aspect of all those sports, but I, I did love the fact that golf was all up to you. You did everything. If you won, it was because of you. And if you lost, it was because of you. You couldn't blame any teammate, no one else. There's no sub-ins. You had to do it. And I could go practice anytime I want just by myself. If I played baseball, I got to get, you know, eight other guys to go play. But in golf, 
it was all up to me and I, I could go out there anytime I want and, and practice by myself. But I, I enjoyed that. So that's something that still continues to this day. I mean, some of my favorite days are here. Uh, I live at Trump National Charlotte in Mooresville. On Monday, the course is closed, the range is closed, and I still take my bag of balls out the range and hit wedges and pick them up just like I did when I was a kid. I love that, just that solitude and, and be able to think about what you want to do in, in this game. So we've talked about this learning curve. Let's dive into the mental aspect just a little bit. When Tiger came out, made these amazing runs in 2000 and just playing on the PGA Tour, it was apparent to me that he had obviously seen himself doing all this stuff. Talk a little bit what you do mentally and some of the, some of the hurdles you've overcome. Tiger, when he came out on tour, you knew this guy was going to be special. The way he hit it, the way he conducted himself, the way he thought of himself thought around the golf course and the way he was able to kind of zone into every shot where nothing really distracted him was pretty amazing. I listened to a lot of things that he was saying at the time where, you know, he got over a shot and he doesn't even remember hitting it. Those type of things where you're basically just in like a trance-like state over it. I started working with some guys uh, before I got the Champions Tour. A guy wrote a book called Fluid Motion Factor, Steve Yellen. He also worked with another gentleman, Buddy Biancolana, who I worked with originally. And then, and it's really about abstract thinking and, and, and not thinking about anything in related to the golf swing, just allowing to be in that kind of zone and allowing your body to be able to swing the way it knows how to swing. Because after you practice so much, I mean, your body knows what to do. You've got to just allow it to do it. And so often we will interrupt it in the middle of the swing or right before you swing or at the top of your swing where you're thinking, uh-oh, don't hit in the water. Uh-oh, I'm coming over the top of it or, uh, you know, whatever it may be. And if you can just kind of, they call it staying on the couch, just let that happen and not react to it. It's amazing that our body and our hands and, and shoulders and feet can kind of overcome those things and make these little small minor adjustments without us thinking about it. That's really helped actually quite a bit. I'm standing on the golf ball and, you know, I'm not really thinking of anything golf related. I might be thinking of saying a little mantra. We call it saying the nines, which is just kind of like a meditation 999. You might think of eight at the top or seven at impact or 987 over and over again, or you might just think of a long nine. It doesn't really matter what you're thinking of as long as it's not, nothing to do with the golf swing. It really allows your body just to, to swing the way it, norm, it knows how to. I mean, because once you set up, see the shot you want to hit, and feel the swing that you want to make hit that shot, after that, it's over with. I mean, you don't have to keep reminding yourself to make uh, an adjustment in your swing. Your body knows how to do it. So why do we stand over thinking and running through 12 different swing thoughts to remind our body what to do when your body already knows what it wants to do? I think that if people could just get out of their own way and swing with fluidity, which when we watch the best players play, that's what they do. And you certainly watch the best players and listen to them after. The guy went tournament, what were you thinking of? You know, I really wasn't thinking of anything. I, things just slowed down for me. I was able to see my shots today. I just felt very calm. I mean, you never hear a guy go, oh, I just read Golf Digest magazine. <laughs> and they, there was a swing tip in there about holding my lag longer. No, you never hear that from the guys that are playing well. But if you were to interview the guys that are missing cuts, <laughs> they're going to talk about eight different swing thoughts they had just on the downswing to be able to get in that fluid motion. Tiger Woods certainly had it, and, and that's something that I'm, I'm working on every day is just to be able to calm your mind and calm your brain to be able to swing and allow the body to do what it knows how to do. Because we both know that the conscious brain interferes, slows down, and makes things worse. Absolutely. It, it really does. I don't care what everybody says. If you're thinking about a backswing thought, a swing thought at the top, and a swing thought downswing, you got no chance to hit a good golf shot. As we tie this together, best of luck with the ankle because as we think about the mental side, you know that you've got to be able to plant that left foot and that thing is posting up and you are turning with a lot of speed on that thing. And I'm sure that's one of the things mentally that you've had to overcome to know, hey, this thing's okay now. I can go ahead and let it go. Yeah, absolutely, Jay. You know, when I came back, my goal first was just to be able to walk and then for, first be able to just be able to swing. And I've, I'm getting to that point where, you know, I can now swing. I can go after it. And I can, I, the last couple of events, I was able to hit it far again. At some point, which, you know, last week I finally decided, okay, from now on when people ask about the, my ankle, I'm just going to tell them it's healed. I just got to get to that point where, you know what? It's healed. Just go do what you need to do. No more excuses that you got an ankle. You know, when everybody's saying, oh, how's your foot? How's your ankle? 
you got to get to a point in your brain to say, yep, everything's healed. Everything's perfect. Let's go play golf. I'm at that point finally. It's taken a long time, but uh, I'm really looking forward to getting back out there and, and competing and, and trying to play at the highest level and try to try to track down Bernard Longer. My God, the guy is just amazing what he's doing at our tour. And we've got so many good young players that are coming out. And I say young, you know, 50 years old now is young. And these guys keep getting better and better. And uh, our tour has never been in a, in a better position. And it's uh, been so fun to, to be able to play golf at 50. 56 now that I am playing a sport you love for a living. And I'm very grateful. Oh my gosh, we love watching you, my friend. Keep going and best of luck. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate it. Okay, folks, that's going to wrap up the Scott McCarran interview, but don't go anywhere. Pearly and I'll break that down on the Michelob Ultra 19th hole and a little bit more. So come back, golf with Jay Delsing. Hey, St. Louis, the Ascension Charity Classic, presented by Emerson is back this September. Don't miss the excitement when the PGA Tour champions best compete again, all for charity, September 9th through the 11th at Norwood Hills Country Club. Pro-Am spots, hospitality packages, VIP tickets, and more. Available now at ascensioncharityclassic.com. I want to tell you about a family-owned and operated golf business that's been right here in St. Louis for over 40 years. I'm talking about Pro-Am Golf Center. That's right, Pro-Am Golf Center. I know you know the name, but I'm not sure you know what they really have to offer. They have everything a seasoned golfer like myself could need, all the way down to what a beginner would want. Pro-Am Golf Center has the lowest price in the area for custom club fitting. I just went and visited CJ. He is terrific. If you call them now, mention my name, Jay Delson. You will receive a discount on that already low club fitting price. Their number is 314-647-647. 8054. Ask for CJ or you can visit them at ProAmGolfUSA.com. That's ProAmGolfUSA.com. Marcone is sponsoring a fantastic new giveaway. For only $10, you can get a chance to watch a Blues game from their suite at the Enterprise Center. And wait for it with Danny Mac and me, Jay Delsing. Go to backstoppers.org slash Delsing and Mac raffle slash and watch your St. Louis Blues finish out their regular season and prep for the playoffs in a suite with Danny Mac, the voice of the Cardinals, and me, Jay Delsing. Food and beverage is included. The date for the first giveaway is Monday, April 4th versus the Arizona Coyotes. That's backstoppers.org slash Delsing and Mac raffle slash for $10. Watch the Blues with Danny Mac and Jay Delsing. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. To learn more about the game of golf, see the latest equipment, get golfing tips from a PGA pro, Log on to jdelsinggolf.com. The 19th hole is presented by Michelob Ultra. Hey, welcome back to the 19th hole. Pearlie is with me. And uh, Pearlie, are you ready for the 19th hole? I sure am, Jay. Man, I just love Scott McCarran interview. John, what's your first takeaway? Oh, man, there's just a ton because of the history that we've, we've got with him. I don't know, Jay. I got really enthralled with just the start of, of his golf career or the stop in the start of his golf career. I think it goes right back to what Jack Nicklaus said in one of your previous interviews. There's an advantage of playing different sports. There's an advantage of trying different things and seeing different things to see where you fit and to really under have a, a perspective. And that's exactly what he did. He's out there playing flag football, starting different businesses, moving away from golf. And then all of a sudden comes kind of back to it and starts making sense to him. And it, start, and, and it fits because he had other experiences in sport and in business. So to me, that was a huge piece. It's not sexy golfy stuff that we like to talk about, but it, it's practical. It's love stuff and the way he handled it. And Scott's a confident guy. So, you know, once he kind of gets his, his head onto something, probably going to make it work. Yeah, two things stood out in my mind. The discovery of the long putter, because we knew that he had struggled a little bit with the, well, not a little bit, but struggled with the short putter in his early days. I love what Hale Irwin told him, dinner that they had, where he said, you have to figure out what yeah. kind of player you are. That thought 
never entered my mind. I was always in the same camp to win on the PGA Tour. You got to go flag hunting every single hole. And we know now that is just not the case. They want to talk about that all the time, the hot, the hot players and stuff. But the courses aren't set up to be able to do that. It's impossible. Hey, when you get on a roll, granted, you can get to just about anything. But at the end of the day, there's a bit of a rhythm to the round that you and I have always talked about. And you've got to understand how you can go about playing it. And what a perfect person to, for that to come from than Hale Irwin. Because he couldn't hit it as far as a bunch of the guys. I think he, he, he could do left to right, left to right, and some left to right shots for the most part. Yet he was a superstar. Another thing is that he went out and sought that advice from someone who was so accomplished. That happens a lot in golf. We should talk more about that. There's, there's great stories about, you know, you hear Jim Nance will always highlight certain things about Ricky Fowler reaching out to Jack Nicklaus and that kind of thing. But that's what we should do. I mean, finding mentors in life and people that have been down the path, we don't always have to do everything from our own perspective all by ourselves and breadcrumbs that we can pick up from other people that have been down there and then still put our twist on it and still make it ours. But yeah, that, that's a great point, Jay. That that's what shows a lot of maturity to do that type of thing. And it is, I would, I, we should have asked, why did he pick Hale? There's a lot of people he could have picked. I wonder why he picked Hale. Well, and, and let's be frank. Hale's not the most approachable guy. But the reason that he picked Hale is because he's won more than anybody else out there. He said the same thing that I felt. I got it. I didn't get myself in contention nearly enough. And when I did, I was so amped up and taking all of that adrenaline and coupling it with the wrong sort of mentality of shooting at every flagstick. And, you know, it's just a recipe for disaster. The game just, that razor's edge, it's hard to live on. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Hey, another piece of the interview, you mentioned Mark O'Mara and how Mark was kind of influential in, in, in his, his career, for one, because uh, Mark missed that putt so he could, he could advance on. But another piece of it, too, that I want to mention about Mark O'Mara, because I believe you were a Mark O'Mara fan as well, Jay, when I went through tour school and almost got my card the one year, Mark came and spoke to the guys that were making it to the finals. And one of the things that really impressed upon me that I do to this day, even not playing golf, just Mark being Mark and talking about being a professional, he talked about how he cleaned his hotel room before he left. And that just took most of us by surprise. Like, why would a guy even talk about that or care? He says, you know, you got to care about other people. These people are cleaning the rooms. Why would, why would you leave it any other way than you would leave it at your, at your own home? pick up the towel, straighten things up, put the garbage in order, and things like that. It just talked about a way to live life. And so it's, I'm not surprised that a couple of people gravitated a little bit to where how Mark, how Mark sees things. You telling me that you clean your hotel rooms when you leave? Yes, I clean my hotel rooms. I, I straighten up the towels. Well, what are you? I'm, I'm on Zoom with you right now. Why are you looking at me like that? Oh, man. I guess. When did you adopt? You were supposed to adopt that 30 years ago. I have seen rooms that we have stayed in that were not left in really nice shape. Hey, I didn't pick up after you. I didn't pick up after you. I was only picking up after me. Oh, my gosh. We don't have time to go into this, but <laughs> wow. I, somehow my flag just flew on that one. I just, um, I do like that. I, I've heard actually, I've actually heard Mark talk about that before. We were at a Augusta and Mark was our guest speaker and Mark came in and talked a little bit about things like that that were important to him. He didn't talk about cleaning his hotel room, but there's a certain kindness to Mark O'Meara that on one front belie the fact that he's such a fierce competitor. It's interesting for a guy that's got enough awareness to be able to move into different phases of his life at different times. I really appreciated that. Well, it's, it's, it's why there's a guy to follow. And I think it's those kind of stories that uh, humanize a lot of these guys that we just see as kind of untouchable and superstars. Uh, he's just, he, he had a way he wanted to live his life. He also knew that uh, that would make his golf better. It makes everything better. John, we have a few minutes here to go over some. I'm going to throw the form to you. You have some questions. You have trivia. What do you have going on for us this morning? I got a trivia question for you. We got the Masters coming up in a week. So uh, I got one or a couple, however you'd want to do this. but. So far, I think you've been stumped from the previous trivia we did a month ago. I think you were 0 for 4, and then you were no. 0 for 2 last week. I oh, was not 0 one, for 2. I got I got Horton Smith. Oh, you are 1 for 2. 1 for 2. Okay, so very good. So That's yeah, why I didn't let you keep a score. I didn't let you keep the scorecard either while we were playing <laughs> golf. Oh, my gosh. Or the yardage book, for that matter. But let's go. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Don't, don't distract from the uh, trivia. So this is, this is uh, Master Trivia. After which flower... Did Sergio Garcia and his wife name their daughter? Golden Bell, Camellia, Azalea. Camellia. I knew you'd miss that one. Okay, Azalea. 
Here we go. You ready? Gosh, I thought I had that because it's sounded... contemplate. Are you are you questioning that? Or you? you no, you I'll go with that. that. I was thinking that's, azalea, that's, but then that's, that's I don't even know what a camellia is. It sounds like an insect. Or anyway, go ahead. I'm not, even, I'm not even sure I pronounced. I'm not even sure I pronounced it correctly. But regardless, which player has won the most green jackets? Jack Nicklaus, Arnold Palmer, or Tigre Woods? Jack Nicholas, he's got six. Tiger's got five. Arnold's got three. No, Arnold might have four. Let me double check here. Jack Nicholas has got the most. Absolutely. There you go. Well, that's we've got more for next week uh, on the Sunday of Masters, but that's that's what we've got for this week. I keep getting this uh, what the section that we call the mailbag uh, segment, where I get people asking me questions. This one comes from Tom. Tom asks, Jay, I've heard you mention on air several times that the winners at Augusta come from the top 16 in the world 80% of the time. Why is that? And Tom, that's a great question. You can check those facts. That is a fact. And the reason, in my opinion, is because the golf course is so demanding and it will require the, the players to be at the very, very top of their game. And there's a certain player will perform well at Augusta. And what I mean by that is if you have a guy that has a little lower ball flight, they are really going to struggle. Think of Lee Trevino back in the day. Lee Trevino used to hit, great player, won the U.S. Open, won the, the, the Open Championship, and many, many other tournaments, but never won at Augusta because that low ball flight was really hard on those firm greens and those uphill shots at Augusta. And so that is one difference. And the the requirements around the greens at Augusta, you have to have your short game in impeccable condition. And typically, it just doesn't happen for anyone that's not in the top 16, Tom. But that's a really good question. And folks, I got four or five others, but we are going to be short on time. We only have time, Pearly, for your golf joke. Here we go. A golfer was having a terrible round, 20 over par for the front nine, with loads of golf balls being lost in the water or rough. As he steadied himself over a 12-inch putt on the tenth, his caddy coughed, causing him to lose it. You've got to be the worst caddy in the world, he yelled. Caddy says, I doubt it, reportedly deadpan. That would be too much of a coincidence. I knew where you were going with that. He had the, the worst caddy. He had the worst golfer in the world, too. Pearl, keep those jokes coming, man. Try to dig in somewhere and get them a little funnier if you can. Hey, if you don't, you just got to keep up with them. There's a lot of implied funniness inside those jokes. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that another time. We'll keep, we'll keep going with that. Our golf ball winner this week is Jim Eisenhart. Jim, thanks for reaching out to us. Your name was drawn out of the hat. You will have a dozen TP5 golf balls headed your way this month. Stick close to that mailbox. John, that's going to wrap up another show. Thanks for joining me today. Absolutely loved it, Jay. Great interview with Scotty. All right, folks. I hope you enjoyed the Scott McCarran interview. Tune in next week. We're going to have uh, some quotes from the Ben Crenshaw interview that wasn't. We'll explain next week. This is Golf with Jay Delson. In of straight, St. Louis. Folks, are you in the market for some additional protection for your ride? You need to call my friends at Vehicle Assurance. Their number is 866-341-9255. Sherry Fain is the owner and president, and she and her team are committed to helping you with your unexpected auto repair bills. They are committed to finding the right protection for you, your budget, and your family. They only work with the top vehicle service providers in the country. Get the protection and the peace of mind you deserve. That's Vehicle Assurance, 866-341-9255 for a free quote. 866-341-9255. How would you like access to 90 holes of golf? Well, that's what happens when you join at Whitmore Country Club. You get access to the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardeen, and the Golf Club of Wentzville. And guess what? No cart fees included in that deal. There's no food and beverage minimums. There's no assessments. They have a 24-hour fitness center, two large pool complexes, three tennis courts. Year-round social calendar includes holiday parties, picnics, date nights, live music. They even have a kids club for your children and much, much more. There's junior golf, junior tennis, and swim teams available. 
This is a family-friendly atmosphere, and they have a wonderful staff. If you get out there, you got to poke your head in the golf shop and say hello to my friend Bummer. He is a terrific guy, and he will help you with your game and show you around. And don't forget, there are golf leagues, skins games, members tournaments, and couples events available all year round. Visit WhitmoreGolf.com. That's WhitmoreGolf.com. Folks, do you need a new car, truck, or SUV? Then the Dean Team of Kirkwood is the place for you to go. 314-966-0303 and go see Colin Burke. He just got me into a new SUV and I love it. Boy, did they make the experience painless and super, super easy. Most dealers don't have any cars in their lots, but at Dean Team of Kirkwood, Colin has an entire parking lot full of new and used cars. You don't want a VW? That's no problem. They have Audis, BMWs, Mercedes, anything you want. Colin and the Dean team of Kirkwood will go get it if they don't have it. Call them at 314-966-0303 or go to DeanTeamVWKirkwood.com. The Dean Team, for all your car buying needs. This has been Golf with Jay Delsing. To learn more about Jay and the services he can provide any golfer, visit jdelsinggolf.com. You'll see the latest in golf equipment, get tips from a PGA pro, and you'll learn more about the game of golf. That's jdelsinggolf.com. Marcone is sponsoring a fantastic new giveaway. For only $10, you can get a chance to watch a Blues game from their suite at the Enterprise Center. And wait for it, with Danny Mac and me, Jay Delsing. Go to backstoppers.org slash Delsing and Mac raffle slash and watch your St. Louis Blues finish out their regular season and prep for the playoffs in a suite with Danny Mack, the voice of the Cardinals, and me, Jay Delsing. Food and beverage is included. The date for the first giveaway is Monday, April 4th, versus the Arizona Coyotes. That's backstoppers.org slash Delsing and Mack raffle slash. For $10, watch the Blues with Danny Mack and Jay Delsing. Hey, St. Louis, the Ascension Charity Classic, presented by Emerson, is back this September. Don't miss the excitement when the PGA Tour champions best compete again, all for charity, September 9th through the 11th at Norwood Hills Country Club. Pro-Am spots, hospitality packages, VIP tickets, and more. Available now at ascensioncharityclassic.com. Hey, do you like wine? Have you heard about the hottest new wine bar in St. Louis? It's called Wild Crush Wine Bar, and it's located in town and country on Clayton Road just behind the Strops. Have you ever experienced self-dispensing wine machines? Well, they are here. The only place in St. Louis and most of Missouri that you'll find them, and it's at Wild Crush. You can choose your size of pour, and Wild Crush will pour the freshest wine in the area for you. The organic argon gas system used at Wild Crush keeps this wine pristinely fresh for up to 60 days. So if you're tired of drinking wine that's been open for a few days come into wild crush for the best and freshest wine selection in the area go to wildcrushstl.com and come have one with us how would you like access to 90 holes of golf well that's what happens when you join at whitmore country club you get access to the missouri bluffs the links of dardine and the golf club of wentzville And guess what? No cart fees included in that deal. There's no food and beverage minimums. There's no assessments. They have a 24-hour fitness center, two large pool complexes, three tennis courts. Year-round social calendar includes holiday parties, picnics, date nights, live music. They even have a kids club for your children and much, much more. There's junior golf, junior tennis, and swim teams available. This is a family-friendly atmosphere, and they have a wonderful staff. If you get out there, you got to poke your head in the golf shop and say hello to my friend Bummer. He is a terrific guy, and he will help you with your game and show you around. And don't forget, there are golf leagues, skins games, members tournaments, and couples events available all year round. Visit WhitmoreGolf.com. That's WhitmoreGolf.com.
You're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing. For golf tips, news on the latest equipment, and everything golf, log on to golfwithjdelsing.com. Hey, St. Louis, the Ascension Charity Classic, presented by Emerson, is back this September. Don't miss the excitement when the PGA Tour Champions Best compete again, all for charity, September 9th through the 11th at Norwood Hills Country Club. Pro-Am spots, hospitality packages, VIP tickets, and more. Available now at ascensioncharityclassic.com. You're listening to Golf with Jay Delsing. For golf tips, news on the latest equipment, and everything golf, log on to golfwithjdelsing.com. Let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.